Global Eco Energy sell and install renewable energy products to domestic, commercial, and public sector customers. With access to a wide range of renewable energy products, including solar PV, battery storage, air source heat pumps, and eco garden makeovers, we offer a bespoke service tailored to your exact needs. For a free quote and to find out more about grants and funding options, go to global eco.co.uk. The Go Radio Football Show with Global Eco Energy. Design your bespoke solar PV system and meet your energy needs with no upfront costs. Let's go! Well, the Euro 2024 qualifiers Scotland are in action tonight in Lille. Eight o'clock kickoff up against none other than France. Well, it would be if we're in Lille. If it's not, we've got a problem. And with us to keep us right tonight, we'll describe you as the former Scotland coach, assistant, of course, to Annie McLeish a few years ago, Peter Grant. Good to see you, Peter. Thanks very much, Paul, for having me. Up for it tonight. And also, since I last saw the former Scotland striker, we have qualified for Euros 2024. And you love a freebie. I mean, you love a football (laughs) trip like myself, Andy Walker. Good Uh, days. Well, it's great. I think that's a really good game for us tonight because we saw what happened a couple of weeks ago when England gave us a bit of a lesson so we're up against a similar type nation absolute quality and I'm sure Stevie Clark will make um, a couple of changes but these are the games that we can learn a lot from how the players perform we'd love to get your insight Andy and Peter as to who we might play tonight because we know about some of the injuries and also surely with a big squad it's a chance to blood some of the younger players not that we've got an old squad at all absolutely Isn't it great that we are definitely going to Germany next summer? Also on the show tonight, Rangers fans, I think Celtic fans, all football fans will want to hear now up close and personal with Philippe Clement. He's been speaking to the media today. Some really good insight. You've not heard it yet, Peter. I don't think you have, Andy. Good to hear here in a few moments. Uh, He said, I'm here to win trophies at Rangers. Now, of course, he would say that. You would expect it. But we want to hear a bit more from him. And also the CEO of Rangers, James Bisgrove, appointed, what, July the 1st. He's been speaking about his vision and what's happening in the background, for example, director of football or what's happening at Rangers. But has there been a bigger appointment of a manager of one of the big two than this one? Because the last few years have been really, really tough for Rangers. I think for Rangers it's massive to get this one right. I mean, I thought Van Brankhurst would have done a really good job, to be fair. You know, Stephen Gerrard, we didn't know much about him. He was doing youth football, really. So his name was big in the respect of that for a football point of view, but not as a coach or a manager. Uh, Van Bronckhorst was slightly different and I thought it was a bit unfortunate. I thought he never had a group of players running about him that were good enough. You know, you had a striker who was under contract who had never done him any justice for the manager. And I just thought, as I say, it came too quick, too soon, and he couldn't change that group round quick enough. And I think if he'd been able to do that, he'd have been successful. So the new manager coming in, he's 100% right to say that the fact, of, as I say, I've not heard the stuff yet, but what you're quoting there is the fact that he's got to win trophies because there is no second place in Glasgow. That is for sure. You know, realise that very quickly. Celtic fans will be happy. They know that Kyogo scored for Japan as Hatati starred in that game. And somebody you haven't thought about maybe for a long time, Mikey Johnson, Andy, as we know, scored for Ireland. And there's other stories. I mean, Stephen Kenny, the manager of Ireland, they haven't qualified for the Euros. And the favourite at the moment, still a long way out, there's still a manager there, is Neil Lennon. Well, I met Stephen a couple of weeks ago. I was down doing a game at Preston and saw him after the match and this was just before these internationals, of course. He knew he was under a bit of pressure and he knew he had to do something uh, uh, something pretty spectacular. And it, it's, a, it's a really tough time 
for Irish foot, Irish national football. They are so used in recent years to to being so close, and it doesn't look as though they're they're getting any closer. So tough times for him, and the 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 very basic is that the quality of player is not the way it used to be, and as a result, uh, performances have been really poor, results have been really poor, and they're struggling a bit. Okay. 0808 17 17 700 if you want to speak to Andy Walker Peter Grant you know the number or you can join the conversation at Go Football Show let's hear from Philippe Clement speaking just a short time ago this afternoon and what about the season? 7 points behind Celtic? It's not an advantage of course to be 7 points behind that's clear no I think one thing and that's maybe the major thing for the next weeks maybe months we will see that we need to be focused on ourselves for me, uh, a season is like a marathon and it's of no use to look at this guy that is running in front of you all the time and then try to chase it with one big sprint and don't have the legs anymore to do the marathon and to kill yourselves. No, you need to focus on yourself, on your pace, to, uh, that you hire that pace, that it's, it's faster than before, that it's better than before and that you can do all this marathon. It's not about the next two, three games. It's about a lot of games this season in a lot of competitions. So we need to look at all those things. We need to focus on ourselves, not on other teams, and to make our story better and better and better and better. And what about his goals, short-term, long-term? Uh, my short-term and long-term objectives are always to win. I'm about that. Uh, that's my life. It's always been my life. So that's what I want. But I know also there's a process to come to that point. Um, and we need to work on that. There are a lot of things we can make better. And it's going to be a process week by week to make things better. And to be focused on ourselves. I think it's a, it's a really important point. When I saw all the games of the team this season, I saw moments of uh, frustration that players really wanted. But they started to do the wrong things because their, their expectations were that high, and maybe from the fans also. Uh, we need now to, to create a really stable story together that everything is really clear for them, and that we can play really good football with good results. Andy, first thoughts? He, he sounds calm, mm -hmm. he sounds measured. I'm glad that he hasn't made any ridiculous statements, any bold statements. I think what you'll probably see, it's interesting he's talking about marathons because I'm sure what you'll see, I know we get all the stats after every game. I'm absolutely convinced that the players will run more for him when they play at Ibrox against Hibs at the weekend. Maybe tells you about the group of players that they weren't doing it for the previous manager, but given that a new manager is in, given that there'll be an air of expectation and excitement and everybody will be looking for, for some sort of difference in their style of play, I'm sure the players will, will be sprinting more, they'll be running more. Uh, whether that's enough to get your victory against Hibs, I think we'll have to wait and see because this group of players has ha, have been poor since the start of the season. Losing three games out of seven has been poor. And um, managers can make a difference. Coaching can be better. The players can improve. But I look across at the other side of the city, I think Celtic will improve and Celtic are seven ahead. The idea of Rangers turning around a seven-point deficit, I just can't see it. 
And Celtic, of course, reported today to be considering a move for a new goalkeeper. The Ukrainian, um, his name Andrei Lunin, 24-year-old, Real Madrid, he's there. We don't know, Peter, but I mean, it's no secret that Joe Hart, who's done brilliantly for Celtic, for your old club, um, but his contract's up at the end of the season. But Joe's been excellent even this yep. season, Paul. Yep. You know, he's got a lot of criticism. I've said that. Even games have won four and five. He's always had to produce a safe, which yep. all Celtic goalkeepers have always done throughout the years. Because mm. you could be dominating games and win the game four or five, nothing, as I say. But that keeper had a save at nil-nil. And Joe's done that many times, even this season, because I've, I've seen most of the games. But going back to Clement, yep. I, I think he's spoke very well. We spoke about it a couple of weeks ago, what's the most important thing for him. And I said to you, he's got to focus on every other game apart from Celtic because he's got to win them and the Celtic games will take care of themselves. And he's, he's really speaking like that in the respect of that. He knows he's not through something out there, as Andy says, something silly. Only thing I'd probably maybe disagree with Andy, maybe Andy will tell me different. I don't think it was doing it the players no running hard enough for Michael Beale because I could not give a jot who the manager was. You know, it was that pride in myself that you always wanted to go out there's managers you didn't like, there's managers or whatever. So what was wrong then? No plan? I, no, I just think you could see it. You can see it in the likes of Dessers in the last game. His legs look buckled because you're not playing with that confidence. And I've been there. I've been there myself. And it doesn't matter what you want and what you're trying to do. It's impossible to do. You feel as if you've got lead boots on, all these different things. And then you're at Ibrox when the crowd are on top of you. And then in the last game against Aberdeen, the result at Celtic got at Morrow affected everyone. So as soon as they went behind, you seen the players just couldn't handle that pressure. It went with it. And unfortunately for Michael Beale, it cost him his job. But that is the fine lines. Because as we go back to the Celtic Rangers game at Ibrox, when Celtic mm. were expected to go and get turned over, Celtic won it. And all of a sudden, because if you remember going into that game, it was Kilmarnock loss, St. Johnson a draw. Yep. And then so it was Rangers. Yep. So and then all of a sudden you're playing Rangers. And if you lose that game, there's a slightly different pressure. So he didn't handle that particularly well, but we've said many times, and I still say, apart from the European nights, these boys have not shown that they've been able to handle the pressure that comes with pulling on the Rangers jersey. Now it'll be interesting to see how they grip with that. And it's manager can't give you a bag of confidence. Mm. That's for sure. He can't give you that. He can put them in a way. And I think if they play players in the right position, I think you will see a complete improvement right away. And I've said that. I think there have been too many players playing out of position. Well, we'll hear from Philippe Clement. Is that what we're calling him? I heard somebody, Big Peter, this morning in Bottle Street said he, he's Phil, Phil Clement. <laughs> <laughs> Ray Clement's brother. That's what he said. Big Peter in Mercantile Chambers. If you want to speak to Andy and to Peter, 0808 17 17 700. More from Philippe in a moment or two. Let's hear from James Bisgrove. We haven't heard too much from the chief exec uh, who came in in July. Uh, he was asked why... Did they narrow it down to Philippe Clement? The panel, we asked different questions and we had a very open two-way conversation with Philippe and all the candidates to, to understand if they would be suitable to, to, to that criteria. And we, we found very quickly, you know, from the data that we'd already accumulated, we, we understood what Philippe's track record was as, as a manager, as, as a winner winning the league title with Genk, with Club Bruges, and then again with, with Club Bruges. And, the initial impact he had at Monaco, his experience at Champions League, group stages, Europa League knockout stages, that, that pedigree was, was, was clear. And it became even more apparent in terms of the, the personal characteristics, if you like, and the synergies and the chemistry that, that we felt that for us and for all of the board, you know, that, that, that Philippe was the standout candidate in, uh, in, in that process over, over the two weeks of the, of the conversations that we had. And that is quite an achievement. We've all been looking at the stats about him that was referred to there. You know, to win three years running, 
a title yeah. in any country, especially Belgium. There's a lot of good sides, sides there to do it with Gink and then twice with Bruges. And then he went to Monaco. Um, James Bisgrove was asked a question that, Andy, you often refer to. Is there going to be squad additions in January? Is the money there for more players? We know what was there, nine during the summer. Let's see what he said. The, fir the first step really is Philippe and his staff to make an assessment on the squad to identify initially how do we increase performance, how do we improve results. And I'm sure Philippe will also give an assessment to the board, to the football board, where he sees the strengths and the weaknesses. And I believe the board and the investors will be receptive to, to Philippe's feedback in terms of any improvements, any acquisitions that the squad requires. Clearly, there's been investment in the squad in the summer, but the, the standard and the bar at Rangers is very high. We want, to win, we want to win silverware, and Philippe is here for that. That's why he's cho chosen Rangers above possibly some other options. So, you know, Philippe, Philippe's voice will be really strong in that, and I believe the board will be receptive to the, to the input that, that, that Philippe has. It's amazing the, the change in Rangers' approach when you when you bring in someone like Michael Beale, who's got absolutely no experience other than a coach, uh, alongside a, a winning manager Stephen Gerrard, it's extraordinary that they've now gone to this process. What is it? Best part of a couple of weeks. Mm. He's talking about a panel. He's talking about eyeing up a number of potential managers. It all seems very professional, and it just seems as though they've wasted a bit of a year after you know th this is what you should be doing every appointment. And see, even now. Rangers should be thinking, if this doesn't work for Philippe Clement, who, who's next? You should always know who's available. And um, it's just an extraordinary change of direction to go from a manager like Michael Beale, who's got no experience. You give him a lot of money, he brings in a lot of players. And I, I don't know any Rangers supporter who's telling me that one of them is a success other than the goalkeeper. So yeah, he'll, uh, he'll eye up the squad but say what you like about this Rangers board they backed Michael yeah. Beale with a bit of money and I'm just not sure they can back this new manager with the same level of investment so he needs to be a really good coach uh, Rangers fans will be hoping uh, so that he can raise the level of performance do you know him, guys? You two seem to know everyone. Did you come across Danny him? knows yeah. everyone. <laughs> <laughs> no, but obviously I've watched his career closely. Yes. You know, yeah. um, young Jack Henry played under him mm -hmm. and he's a friend of our Peters, obviously. So they're big pals and he really liked him. Mm -hmm. He thought he was a very good coach, very good man-manager and in the respect of that. So he, he was very praiseworthy of him. I think the important thing is, you would say in the summertime, Rangers looked a stronger squad, you know, than... They probably had. They thought it was better. There was a few, if you take Cant, I add Cantwell and Raskin to the guys that came in. We've spoke about before. They said they looked better than they were prior. We all said that. Speaking about it, yeah. I, I just think the biggest problem you've got is they were all in the one area of the pitch. The thing I'm looking forward to is to see where the managers go go and play them because the number nines will want to play as number nines. I keep saying it week in, week out. How many other? And they were all, I bet they were playing outside <laughs> yeah, left sure. and outside right. And for me, uh, you ask Andy as a striker, you want to play right through that middle, have an opportunity to score goals. And I think he will see that very, very quickly. Well, he was asked today, what needs to change? I know all my colleagues and my friends in the other teams are watching this, so <laughs> I'm not going to give them more material about that. Uh, I think you, you guys uh, have been speaking about that last couple of weeks, last couple of months. So you know a lot of things. I know more things because I start to get to know the players also better. And it's, it's my job together with all staff and together with the players to make things better 
uh, but there's there are quite some things to do. Otherwise, we, we would not be in this situation and I would not be sitting in this chair. Great. Great. We're hearing Philippe Clement for the first time really here on the Go Radio Football Show with Global Eco Energy. Rangers fans, what are you thinking? Give us a call or come on 0808 17 17 700 or join the conversation at Go Football Show. He was asked, right, what do you think about the current squad? I'm not sure what he answers because he's not going to say too much, is he? But here was his response. Uh, for the moment, I didn't see the squad in total because we had uh, still a lot of guys who are away for international games. So we saw part of the squad. We trained also the last two days with uh, several young players from academy. It's also an important part of my job that I've always been doing uh, in, in all the teams to implement young players, to develop them and to give them chances and to let them grow step by step. So we started with that and to implement the first uh, parts of the football that we want to play. But for sure, yeah, we don't have all the players yet uh, back, so you cannot do it with all squad. So the team that will start on Saturday was not on the pitch yet today. I guess both of you would say what Barry Ferguson said on Monday night. What would you advice would you give to the manager? Win football games, game at a time. And he was asked uh, what he wants to win. Already, I want to win everything. That's the mentality I have when I step into a building. Uh, I want to give this this uh, mentality also towards the dressing room and g create more and more winners in this dressing room. So we're going to work really hard to to get as fast as possible silverware and to make this story step by step bigger and bigger. How fast it comes, you never know. I don't have this crystal ball. I don't have, I'm not a magician also that suddenly can totally change players. But I know if we can work a long time with players that we can make them better. We talked about that a lot, how to do it. Uh, it was really very interesting talks because it was really to the point with Graham, with the people in the board also. Not only we're going to do it, but how. We talked a really a lot about that, about the holistic way, about creating better athletes, better football players, stronger mentalities in that way. It's, it's time. It's a, it's a very important thing. And it can go also really fast, I think, with this squad when they get more confidence and the fans go behind them. It's a major point in this club. If you have these 50,000 people behind you, this gives so much energy you become so much stronger in every sense as a football player. So it's very important to create this synergy also, again, between fans and the players. It's going to be one of the major points for the next couple of weeks. It's about me explaining this to the players and doing the right things on the pitch. And I hope that the fans understand that and they, they really know how much power they have also when they go behind players in a positive way. Andy? Well, when you listen to Rangers supporters when uh, the last days of Giovanni Van Bronckhurst, they didn't like the football. I remember there was a game against Livingston. I think they drew 1-1. They were getting booed off the park when he make a change. This is on the back of someone who won a trophy and got Champions League qualification. And he had a couple of special players, although their, their attitude was maybe questionable. We're talking about Kent, yeah, we're talking sure. about Morelos. But then you move on to a very inexperienced manager. And very quickly, they don't like the style of football. So I think... If you're speaking to Rangers fans, they'll want to be entertained a bit more. They'll want to see a better brand of football. They want to see, they want to see the players running a bit more. Ultimately, they want them to, they want them to win. Um, 
and I think Peter's right. Uh, the the and Philip come on is right to say when we need to focus on ourselves, and I, I think that will be the very early weeks of the season. Try and build up uh, some sort of momentum. He could very well win a, a trophy in yeah. the next uh, number of weeks before the before the year is out. So that would give everyone a, a bit of a. Yeah, a I lift. think he's going to win that, Andy. Yeah, that would give everyone a bit of a lift. But how close are they to competing with Celtic for for a title? I just don't see it yet. And you probably need a couple of windows and every signing needs to be uh, a success for that to happen. But that win of the League Cup, if it happens, as you're saying, Peter, it has to happen. I think it has to happen. Yeah. And even as quick as that, because let's no, no disrespect, they've still got a better squad than anybody else that's left in it. So what's the reason they're not winning it? You know what I mean? Because they've got the better players. And as I say, that's not been disrespectful to anybody else. I know they're not playing with conference. The only thing I don't agree with, I don't know, maybe I'm taking him wrong here when he's talking about better athletes. Mm -hmm. I don't like managers going in and saying that as if they're not fit enough. They're, the boys are paralysed because, yeah. and it's maybe not the right word to use, but they're paralysed with fear with every mistake they make. And that, that's the difference when I've said many, many times, when you're watching a Celtic player or a Rangers player, can he play for you? You don't know till they're out there when it's not going particularly well. And they've got to handle that pressure and dig in and keep digging in. That's why I keep questioning that. As soon as they get a couple of results, they'll all look fitter and everybody will be saying, oh, they look much fitter now. But it's not the case of that. You just feel like that different, that, that just adrenaline comes back, everything else. You're playing that one touch, your pass yep. is better, you know, because you're not even thinking about things you're maybe thinking about three or four times. So the manager's speaking very clearly and I've been very impressed the way he's spoken, you know, but right away, <clears throat> excuse me, there's a definite pressure on to win this League Cup. There is absolutely no doubt in my mind of that. If he doesn't win this, he's not got a better chance to put a trophy in the cabinet because there is no Celtic there. He's not got a better chance and what a way to start that would be for a manager of Rangers coming in and winning a trophy. No matter if it's a League Cup, people say that's the, the third. I would win every cup, sure. competition you'd probably enter and that is a massive chance for him and I think it would be a massive blow to Rangers if they didn't win that cup. Okay. Fascinating, isn't it? Some of the stuff here from him. Speaks really well. Mm. isn't making any well claims whatsoever and there's more to hear from him including the backroom team we've got some news on that also who's going to be up against Kylian Mbappe tonight who fancies <laughs> that gig maybe somebody who's played against him before we'll hear from the Scotland camp shortly but it's great news isn't it we really? are through to Germany well so early two games yeah. uh, to go and I think just even the feel good factor moving around Glasgow speaking to people who are football fans doesn't matter what team you support, but the idea of making arrangements to go to Germany, making plans... What are they shouting? Good morning, Andy. And, oh, <laughs> Andreas. I, I just love the fact that so many people have yeah. got a smile on their face and they can really look forward to uh, a European Championships where we're there. And actually, there'll be full stadiums. I know we qualified for the last one and with a couple of games at Hamden that were a bit of a letdown and there was only, what, 10, 12,000 there. Uh all of those stadiums in Germany will be packed. Every single one of them will be sold out and it will be great for Scotland. Here's a Celtic fan on, Greg, saying, I'm a big Joe Hart fan and Dino's off won the World Cup at 40. Joe's got many good years in hand. That's come from uh, Joe Hart. No, that's from Greg Summers. <laughs> no, listen, there's an argument that they should have two top-class goalkeepers, which Joe Hart absolutely is. But you but I think surprised. he's been massive, Paul, yeah. not just as a goalkeeper, as a personality when there was a changeover oh, with Scott sure. Brown and that going. Huge influence. Because yeah. we can't, uh, 
Callum getting in and becoming a manager, yeah. having that experience there, I think he's been very, very mm-hmm. composed. Even he's made an error, yep. he's been very, very composed. And I thought against Rangers, he never get the credit, even though he, not, he never had a lot to do. But what he had to do, he'd done it fantastically well and he was very, very composed with a young, two young centre-backs Great as point. in Ophirum yes. goes. I thought he was excellent. Quick break and then we're back. The Go Radio Football Show with Global Eco Energy. Switch to clean, renewable energy and reduce your bills by up to 70%. Let's go! Thanks, Chris, for the traffic and travel. It's Tuesday night, the Go Radio Football Show, Andy Walker, Paul Cooney and Peter Grant. Um, and we're using all their Scotland experience and football experience. We're finding out a bit more about Philippe Clement. Neither of you actually played at Rangers, I don't think, but I'm thinking of the many clubs that you played at, but you played I've against been booed them. There. What's that? You've been, been booed. booed there. Well, you were booed. Was that the only... <laughs> you get booed in the dressing room. <laughs> Peter and Andy are here for your calls. Craig Moore will be back on Thursday. Barry will be in here tomorrow night. We're just looking on Sky there. There is Philippe Clement with the. Uh, the now obligatory uh, shot of a new manager there with the suit on. He's got old already. <laughs> Peter Grant, he's there with the the scarf there. What, 50-year-old, isn't he? 49, 50 years old, yeah, the new and I manager. Think, yeah. I think it is important. Again, the comparison with Michael Beale is striking because absolutely no experience, other than being a coach when Rangers were on that run to you know winning so many European games. But this guy has managed in the... Champions League in the UEFA Cup or Europa League, whatever you call it. And he's he's got experience mm-hmm. and I think that's what a manager of Rangers needs. So what about the backroom staff? There's going to be somebody who has a connection with the club, we think. This was his answer this afternoon. No, for the moment not. Uh, so the question was, have you chosen the backroom person? No, for the moment not. Um, so we took the decision together first to see also with the people who are here, what are the qualities... How do they, how do they adapt to the story? Uh, how do they work with the players? And in a few weeks we will make an evaluation and and then see what's what's necessary or not. So it's the same with as with the players. I believe also really hard in in looking of potential of of people. So we will see. I think I saw already that. Uh, Quite some people with potential are already in the club. So we will see what happens. Potential people in the club. It could be Stephen Davis, do you think? He's still in the books. And Alec Ray. Listen, when you get into place, Paul, I went into Norwich as manager. Mm-hmm. And I could get rid of everyone. Everybody. And people forget there's a hell of a lot of good people working at football clubs. Yeah. And even though I didn't know some of them, I knew of them. I'd seen them working. When you're watching games, you're, you're analysing everybody. You're watching people at the side of the pitch. You're watching the substitutes they make. If they're ever out of work again, would you work with them? And all these different things. So you're doing that even as a coach or a manager. And you keep people. Because I've seen it so many times. You go in, you get rid of people, and you think, he'd have been great for me if I should have kept him. And I think that's important. And I think he will look at it because he'll do things slightly different. And you've got to be careful because I go back to my time again I said when I went mm-hmm. to Celtic as a coach what would be Tony yeah. Tony Mowbray and I yep. didn't think from within at the particular time I was going back there as the coach I was still going back there as the player and the supporter uh, yeah. and I think you've got to be very very careful of that you know people maybe think when you score a goal I'm supposed to go and run and slide my knees in front of the, the old jungle and whatever yeah. that that wasn't I thought I'd earned my stripes as a mm-hmm. coach and whatever you know doing that at that particular time so there is a fine line and a fine balance so you've got to bring something to the party, you know, while you're coaching. Can you make the team better? Can you make the individuals better? Whatever, you've got to listen to the manager because that's so, so important to see what he's wanting, the way, the style he's wanting, because it may be slightly different for the way you've coached mm-hmm. 
but you've got to then adjust not just as a as a player but as a coach as well and that, that's that's the beauty of it because you're always growing all the time and I think that's so important and I think he speaks very clearly and whoever gets to roll along with him I think they'll be very clear on what his expectation is and the way he wants to play and manage well the, the, the first name they looked at was Steve Davis he was the one that got the call immediately so you would imagine if there was anyone there now it would be him and think about it he's got what's he got about 120 130 caps for uh, Northern Ireland it's yeah. an astonishing yeah. amount of caps and he's had a tremendous career by all accounts he wants to make some inroads into into coaching I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's the one who's given the nod Trust must be a huge thing as well when you move into a football club. Um, John's been as on asking you about it. Peter, we'll come back to that later. Because it must be you want people with ability, but that you can trust as well, you know, when there's a changing of the guard. Um, James Bisgrove, we just saw him in telly as well. Are chief executives getting younger or is it just uh, me? It's probably me. He <laughs> has just been getting on... more gel in their hair. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only jealous. So he's been speaking as well. And one of the key questions is, football department, who's the director of football or what is the structure? And um, he's spoken about that this afternoon. Yeah, absolutely. And that, that's a conversation mm. Philippe and I have had. It's one that Philippe's had with with the board and um, I'll come back to, to the question directly but to, to provide some context on that both the chairman and I and all of the board we, we recognise that the, the leadership the governance of the football department is absolutely fundamental to our short medium and long term success so in, in that regard we have a football board uh, with a number of leaders across the football department we have our chief scout John Park that sits on that he heads our, up our scouting division we have Craig Robertson our director of football operations the chairman and myself the manager, Dr. Dr. Mark Waller, our director of medical and performance, and our academy director. So we feel we've got a really strong group of leaders that will implement the football strategy and take key decisions, whether that's player contracts, whether it's um, uh, player acquisitions. Um, but all of that said, yes, we, we do believe that a director of football, uh, a technical director, is something that would add additional value. And it's, uh, it is a live conversation that we're, that we're having at the moment to complement and to complete that leadership structure within and, the football side. And he was asked what is or what was the involvement in the process of uh, a Rangers great, Graham Souness. Graham was a great help to the process. Um, he added uh, a lot of value and I thank him again for giving up his time to, to participate in the, in the process. He joined us in London when we met Philippe for the first time. And because some of the criteria that we set out were so uh, aligned with, I suppose, Graham's own characteristics when we talk about leadership, understanding the club, uh, dealing with the pressures. Um, Graham was able to ask those questions from a real place of experience. And, you know, he, he and Philippe had some, some really good conversations yeah, in, yeah. Terms of, in terms of that. So, yeah, he, he added a lot of value and, and the board really thanked him for participating and contributing to the process. Andy, what did you take from that? The shape of the football department just now and there's a, there's a group of them involved, including... Recruitment, well, John Park. And yeah, and just in general, business has to be better. Get players in, and if they do really well, it's not the end of the world if you sell them for a profit. Celtic have been doing it for years. Have someone else on your books that you can, or in your database that you can go and get a, a, a replacement. This is the work of every top-class uh, football club, no matter what market you you seem to be buying in. Rangers are not in the biggest end of the market, Peter will tell you there are clubs in the championship. There might even be one or two in League One no. in uh, in England Absolutely. that might be able to pay the type of money that Celtic and Rangers would pay a player. So uh, that level of business has to improve. Rangers lost out badly and are still losing out. The likes of Barisic, you see, it's his contract up at the end of the 
end of the year you saw Kent moving away sure. for nothing Morelos moving away for nothing that's just bad business and their their general levels, uh, level of business has to improve as well I guess they've made changes at all levels what did you take from it Peter about the football department well if he wants to do it why is Graham Soonest not getting the job mm-hmm. yeah. because he said he ticked all the boxes of what he was looking for at that particular time so would he want the job to be in there saying. every day what is he but, 70 or but necessarily 70, like a young 70 he yeah. swam the channel but necessarily yeah, do you need to be there every true. day Andy you know and I don't I don't mean it that way I think if Graham wants to be part of that that's a decision I, I'm not saying that he wants to be part of it but if he's wanting to do that job there he is then he's there right you're part of this right we're having a meeting on Thursday we're having a meeting on Tuesday he sees the games anyway he'll probably and knowing Graham he would buy into it if he decided to say yes he would be interested in that job he'd be up near enough all the time doing it because he's at that stage in his life probably he can float about and do what he wants Um, so if he fits the criteria if he wanted to do the job there's the ideal man for it for me because for me I'm a wee bit slipped with this one because I always think if you're going to do that why not do it so when the manager's getting interviewed prior to it that person's already in place because remember that's probably going to be the most important two people that's working together mm-hmm. is they two you know because knowing the type the way the manager wants to play know the type of players want to look for so you're having that conversation football conversation all the time it doesn't even make but you're having that conversation all the time so for me I think they should have done that first because then the manager knows who he's working with and then he gets a feel, I don't really want to work with him mm-hmm. or I feel I could work with him, no problem. And if he's had that conversation with Graham and he, Graham's brought in it, everything like that, well, for me, there's your answer I, I, if I, Graham wants to do it. I know he gets a bad rap, but when Ross Wilson, when Stephen Gerrard left, Ross Wilson went and got Giovanni Van Bronckhurst almost immediately. Yeah. I thought that was I thought that was pretty smooth and I thought that showed that that, um, that position at a football club can work. Uh, now, obviously, he's come He's come in for a hard time for some of the signings that he brought in. They didn't work. But um, I thought he did some good things. And I think it just highlights, again, just the sheer level of criticism if you don't get it right in Glasgow. You're up against one other club that is of a, a similar stature. And I would, I would say even now, Celtic are way above Rangers in terms of business. We've seen it in, in all the financials over the last number of years. So... Um, Celtic can spend a lot more money Rangers need to get value for money and it'll be interesting to see what he is given in the next transfer window we know that it's not the biggest one maybe next summer he, he'll he need two, three transfer windows to get his team on the park we, we all assume that the players he's got some of them w- will improve some of them might get better but Others will fall by the wayside. This was probably the first question. How do you feel being here at Ibrox? Yeah, first, uh, nice to meet you all for the first time. Thank no, you. I'm uh, I'm really delighted to be here. It's been uh, hectic days, but it's normal. Uh, if you step in this part of the season, it's always different than when you do it uh, at the end of the season and you have uh, six, seven weeks of preparation. But it's not the first time like that. So I knew what uh, would happen. Um, and I'm really delighted to be here. You guys see it also in an iconic stadium with uh, a club with a lot of fans and that was one, one of the things I was looking for. The Go Radio Football Show with Global Eco Energy. Switch to clean, renewable energy and reduce your bills by up to 70%. Let's go! France against Scotland tonight. It's via play later on, so we'll be listening in to Jokel Day and have the game on as well. It's a friendly, but should we play it? Andy Walker playing... 
France against Scotland tonight. What do you think? Yeah, I don't yeah. think we'll play our full strength side. I think no. uh, Stevie Clark will get a look at a few players, maybe Lewis Ferguson. Um, I don't know who else, maybe Shea Adams will, will play, but it, it depends what France will play as well. If they play their top team with Mbappe and Griezmann and Giroud and all the rest, what a marvellous test that is for us. And we need it. We saw how England really gave us yeah. a lesson in how top-class uh, international teams can play and we need to we need to be better if we want to get a victory or two next summer. And Spain gave us a proper workout, yeah. you know, and it, we know yeah, it should yeah, have yeah. been the goal and controversy. All the rest of it. I said yeah, it, sure. it was yeah. a right good team we were playing. Peter, you're up for it tonight, aren't you? And a chance for some of the young bloods. Absolutely, but I'm a great believer playing against the best. Yeah, but I'm not sure this is a perfect timing. Perfectly, to be perfectly honest with you. Why? Because I think everybody's moaning about the players playing too many games, which I don't agree with because there's too many substitutes for me. That's the biggest yeah. problem you've got. Um, I'm, I'm thinking there was a time that they've played under the pressure of they knew the game that was going to be like in Spain this was a time then to go and break away and get back to their clubs keep themselves fit because if I'm a manager now you're panicking for tonight's game but as I say if the timing's right it's a, the perfect game because you're playing against the world champions but as Andy spoke about are you playing their best team I'm not sure but listen they've got two or three teams they could pick you know as top quality players the Scotland team will not be the Scotland number one team but we have to get better with the ball and the only way you can do that is playing against the best teams because they give you less time less quality if you give it away you don't see it again and they create chances against you so that's the positive from it but I'm not sure that the timing's perfect for playing this game I thought it was an opportunity to say right we've played the Spain everybody back to their clubs because then we stop getting all this complaining about too many games and whatever all right, we'll get your teams in a moment or two. First of all, I think Steve Clark agrees with you. Playing top quality opposition, it, it's what we should do. Playing against England was a tough test. Playing against Spain. Yeah. When you play against teams, these teams are all in the top 10 in the world. We want to get better. Uh, and I'm a believer that you have to get better, you have to challenge yourself against the best. It might mean like we did against England, we lost. It might mean like we did against Spain, we lost. But we were competitive in the games. And the more competitive you are against the better teams, then obviously I believe that as a team and as a group of players, you have to improve. So we will improve. We want to improve. We want to try and get a little bit better. So who's going to come in tonight then? Who do you reckon, Peter? Do you want my team? Yeah, that would be brilliant. Right. Yeah. I've, I've wrote a team down. Oof, you have? Out of yeah. the squad. <laughs> and going out the squad, I've wrote a team down. Uh -huh. I'm, I'm not sure about the goalkeeping situation. Uh, do you think he might? Because he, he maybe keep the goalkeeper in Angus Gunn because he's done so well. But also the fact is because he's going to maybe make changes round about okay. it. I yeah. think you maybe you've got to be careful on okay. that one. Sure. So I think he'll go with Porteous or Henry, one or the other, and then it'll be McKenna and Cooper. I think he'll play both of them, but I think he'll keep a back three. So there's a possibility Henry or Portis could play on the right-hand side. I'm looking towards Jack Henry a little bit because of his pace, and he's played against him, Papi, and that, they've all played. And he's, it doesn't matter who they play up front, they're all quick, whoever plays sure. up there. And then I would go with Patterson. Mm-hmm. On the uh, right, right. Yep. Taylor on the left. Right, Taylor. Yep. I would go with Ferguson, Gilmer, Lewis, Armstrong, yep. and McLean. Armstrong on from the start, and Billy Gilmer from the start. Yep. Okay. Yeah. And so McLean. So Kenny McLean. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I'm yep. going with that in there, and I'd go with Shea Adams up front. Shea Adams. What do you reckon, Andy Walker? And who's your keeper? Would yeah, you I had Gunn. I had a back three of Henry McKenna and uh, Porteous. I had the wide players of Patterson and Taylor, and then I had Ferguson. I think McTominay might get a start along. I think we want to be strong as well. And if they want to play McTominay and McGinn, add Armstrong and Adams as well. Because McTominay certainly doesn't play too many games, does he? 
It's yeah, well, Man United. He yeah. has been magnificent for yeah. us. The amount of goals he's got us has been uh, astonishing. One of the main reasons that we have already qualified, but we're up against absolute quality in France, and we wouldn't it be great if we made a mark, no matter what their team is, whether it's their full strength, whether like us, you imagine they'll make, you know, two, three, maybe four changes, but there's quality throughout that uh, side. So that's why I, I don't think we'll make wholesale changes. And it seems like yesterday, but it was, what, 10 months ago just now, we were getting ready for the World Cup, November into December. Yeah. And this team were penalty kicks away from being champions of the world. So there's no, we're not underestimating what, who we're One of the against. best cup finals ever. Wasn't it? Let's yeah. not kid ourselves. Sure. Everybody was critically Qatar and whatever, but it was one of the best cup it finals was, ever with the top quality of players playing at their best. And everyone went on about Messi. It was wonderful to him, for him to win it in Argentina. But from a French point of view, they bring so much to the tournament. They're full of quality. And you mentioned Griezmann, for example, who'll be in town, won't he? Very, very in Glasgow soon. Yeah. In Glasgow next week. So much on. Squad rotations. What's the manager saying? Is he giving anything away ahead of the match tonight? There's obviously some injury issues. That, that I've got that will that will mean there's changes. There are some normal changes that I make from game to game. Uh, there'll be there'll be a number of changes uh, in the in the team tomorrow. But the team that we put on the pitch will be determined to do well because everyone now has to show between now and the summer that the, they can be part of the squad to to go to a championship. So I would expect a. A good showing for the Scottish team, and a bit more about the development of the squad and the players. It shows that they they understand that they have to work hard. Obviously, the last time we qualified for the Euros, it was through the the playoff system. Felt a little bit like sneaking in the back door. This time we can walk straight in the front door. With our heads held high, uh, and look forward hopefully to a a good tournament next summer. But before that, we have to finish the group properly. We've got two competitive games next next month, and we. We want to finish on a high. Be a great chance for Nathan Patterson and Greg Taylor. A real boost for them if they play tonight, Peter. Absolutely. And listen, they've never let themselves down when they've been called mm. upon. You know, I think it's very important. Young Greg's playing a slightly different role uh, for Celtic at the fullback area, but then he could end up playing wing back tonight if Stevie goes with the back three, which he's done, which I, I'm surmising he will do because he's quite comfortable with the team playing that way now, no matter who the players are. Nathan Patterson's had a few injury issues, obviously down at Everton, yet again, a few changes of manager, which is never easy when you've just arrived at a football club. So it's an opportunity for him because the likes of Young Hickey and that have came and stepped above him at this moment in time because they've been available and fit and playing exceptionally well. So it's a big challenge and it's always put down and it's interesting because we'd done similar when Alec came over. We thought we'd play the Belgians and the Portugal yeah. because we felt as if it was important that you'd be able to keep the ball because no matter what, you go against the big sides in international football, you give the ball away. And I thought against Spain that happened, especially the first half. I thought, wow, it was like you could have taken half the pitch away. And that that's the things you've got to get better at against the top quality players. And if you're going to get into the Euros, you, you, you don't know what the heat's going to be like, the weather's going to be like, so you've got to be able to maintain that ball and rotate, rotate that ball. And we have to get better at it, no matter who we are. So the only way you do that is playing against the, the better teams more often. And the more often you do that, the better player you become as an individual and the better team you... Because you get more confidence yeah. in playing against all the time. Andy, were you surprised to read this morning that Steve Clark had told... You know, you got the pay rise uh, six months ago. But when they started this campaign before then, he said, we're going to qualify. We're not going to need a Nations League or whatever. That Apparently, he said it to the, the chief exec... Brilliant, yeah. uh, great confidence uh, when you look at the makeup of our squad so many of them playing at the top level in England even Callum McGregor here in Scotland playing Champions League football regularly as well as the the international stuff 
we should be going to tournaments. Hopefully, this is the start of regular participation at the at the major events. Hopefully, we can get to the the next World Cup. And honestly, just uh, off the pitch, I think these tournaments are better with Scottish football fans there because they are great company. They're good fun. They're loud. They're noisy. But there's never any trouble. You got your kilt ready. You won't have it ready yet, Andy. The, <laughs> how the legs after those <laughs> knocks that you took over the years, Peter. But, have you got but, a, but he's right, Paul. Yeah, I think the Germans who's hosting it mm-hmm. will be delighted of that course, Scotland yeah. are going because the unbelievable the atmosphere <laughs> the beer sale and that, that's only for a couple of us in here <laughs> the Tartan Army are absolutely now. but it's yeah. fantastic you know and you feel comfortable in, a, mm. in amongst it and long may that continue because they have been brilliant for any tournament they've went to and it's felt fantastic for the suffering that they've done for the years you know and we've seen some fantastic players but Andy touched on something there these players are playing at the top level that's the difference now. We've got a lot of players playing in high-caliber games week in, week out. It's the, the, the Premiership down in England is like the Champions League every week. You know what I mean? Because of the players and the quality you're playing against. So the more guys we have playing games of football, the better it is. And that's the only way you become better because you don't get annoyed playing against another guy because you played against him maybe two weeks ago, you know, on your club side. But playing is the most important thing. Not sitting at the side of the pitch. Playing on the pitch. And a lot of the, as I say, a lot of these guys are doing that and that definitely helps Scotland. The manager. You, you, yeah. you heard Stephen last week, Steve McGinn, talking about you know his his brother going up against Rodri and all yeah. the the comments that he made mm. after uh, we beat them at Hamden and yeah. and Stephen saying, well, John will know why he upset him too much because <laughs> not 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 just for that game tomorrow night, but he plays against them, yeah. you know, more often than not down in England with, with Man City. Absolutely, so, that's so true. Have you been in touch with uh, Stephen just to make sure you get your tickets okay? <laughs> I mean, we're going he to keep him. Man, with him. Isn't he? He's going to get a long-term contract, isn't Marvelous. he? I mean, he will. It's going to happen. I, Shameless. If, if he's good to us. <laughs> <laughs> Steve Clark was asked um, about the games. Every game counts, right? We know about that. You're talking about the the advantage of playing against top players, but he's made it clear that you know very much in his vision are the two games. The qualifying games. We've qualified, but the group games next month. Yeah, I'm not sure Germany is ready for five million Scottish people to turn up, but it seems like that. It seems like everybody you speak to says that they're going to be in Germany next summer. I'm sure. I'm sure it won't be five million, but we'll certainly take a big crowd. Obviously, we want to go there. We want to be successful in the tournament. What is success for Scotland is probably be, probably to be the the first Scottish national team to come out of a group stage at a major competition. So that's something that we can aspire to in the future, but. Lots of steps to take before we get to that. And he was also saying he wants to take the points. You know, he wants another six points up against Georgia and up against uh, Norway. Yeah, our recent improvement has seen us, you know, climb up the the ladder of the the, the seeded uh, pots. And even if we can finish with the next couple of wins, it's unlikely. I think that Spain will drop any points. But if we get another six points from Georgia away, from Norway at home, there may be a slight chance that we finish first and. Every time you move up that rung, um, it makes qualification a, a bit easier. We were really going up against Norway here and uh, the fact that we won the first five games, the fact that we won in Norway, yeah. that was that was always going to be a, a game changer for us. It sure was. Don't think we forget that moment. Those moments, Scott Mc... well, it's a whole team, wasn't it? Yeah, but Scott it was a fantastic Tom. goal as well. If you remember yeah. back to it, never get the credit it did because it was a last-minute goal, you know what I mean, sort of thing. Yeah. But the actual goal was fantastic. But as you say, the quality the boys have produced, their effort, their commitment, you know, as I say, the Spain game tells you you've got a long way to go with the possession side of the game, which you have to do at the top level. But you've got to fight fire with fire at times and 
They've defended very, very well against the ball. They've worked really, really hard at doing that. You know, so I think that's important. As you say, there's always things you can improve on. And if we get better at that, and I think they will get better at it because the more games, the more confidence we talk about when we're talking about Rangers, it's the same with the national team. The more success you have, the more points you get. You feel better than you are and you go out with that confidence and you, and you go out expecting to win. And that's an important thing. Is this the first time we've had both of you on this radio first station? First time I've ever worked with him uh -huh. in uh, broadcasting, yeah. first and last. Uh -huh. <laughs> Are you staying for the next hour, Andy? <laughs> <laughs> Don't feel you have to. <laughs> I've just no. seen he's still as boring as he was as a football right, player. Yeah. You know what I mean? Was so, there plenty of banter? Oh, you two like, he was yeah. murder. He was murder. <laughs> he was absolutely murder him. Oh, he was one of the boys. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good. That's coming up in the next hour. Also, Philip Clement will be answering the question about the Rangers captaincy he's been asked. That's coming up after the news. Global Eco Energy sell and install renewable energy products to domestic, commercial and public sector customers. With access to a wide range of renewable energy products, including solar PV, battery storage, air source heat pumps and eco garden makeovers, we offer a bespoke service tailored to your exact needs. For a free quote and to find out more about grants and funding options, go to global-eco.co.uk. The Go Radio Football Show with Global Eco Energy. Switch to clean, renewable energy and reduce your bills by up to 70%. Let's go! And you know, this weekend we're back to the domestic action. The Cinch Premiership is back. Kilmarnock against Livingston, Rangers against Hibs, Ross County St Mirren, St Johnson Motherwell and Aberdeen Dundee. That's Saturday at three. Uh, apart from Aberdeen <laughs> they're all three <laughs> apart from Aberdeen uh, that's uh, six o'clock and then Sunday 2.15 Hearts against Celtic Andy Walker you always enjoyed playing there at Tynecastle loved it what a great occasion yeah. it is uh, always uh, just for the fact that the supporters are so uh, much on top yeah. of you the atmosphere is terrific always a great game and Rangers, Hibs, Peter, that'll be some game on Saturday. Philip Clement's first game in charge. And of course, up against Nick Montgomery, he hasn't lost the game yet, has he? No, he's done terrific. Um, and to be fair, Hibs are going there, as you say, with a couple of results because they were 2-0 down and showed a bit of bottle to come back and get the 2-2 um, mm -hmm. against Harps, obviously. So that was a big result for them. And they're the sort of things you've got to do when you get as a manager. You know, you've got to pick results up. He's picked two wins up, I think, if I'm right, and then you get the draw against Harps. You know, and so... They'll be going there. They know that Rangers are going to be buoyed by the fact that there's a new manager in there. They're desperate to see what's going to happen. And the atmosphere will be slightly different, I believe, at Ibrox compared to what it has been in recent weeks. So they know it'll be a tough journey. They know that. And But listen, the, the pressure will always be on Rangers when you go there. Anything you get when you go to Ibrox, you're always saying that that's a, a magic point if you get that. But I'm not so sure. I think Rangers will get the victory. I think they'll get a few players back and I think they'll get the victory. I think they'll just be too strong. So that's coming up this weekend. We'll talk about those games shortly with Andy Walker and Peter Grant. We're also looking forward to France against Scotland tonight. England are playing Italy. And of course, it was appalling what happened last night ahead of the the Belgian game with Sweden and then they abandoned it quite rarely at halftime when the Sweden team found out about the atrocities and some Swedish people killed before the game. It's absolutely awful. So I hope everything, we all do, there'll be uh, um, a minute's respect at all the games tonight for the victims of uh, the atrocities that have been going on. And scary place. Oh, it's a horrible world at the moment yep. when you see some of the images on the telly. And uh, football can be a great escape. Let's just hope there's a, you know, a bit of action, a bit of drama on the pitch 
Um, and that's what we want to see. We want to see entertainment. We want to see goals. We don't want to be speaking about some of the horror, horrific images we've seen recently. And around town today, completely differently, but people were talking about the... The Manchester United All-Stars who came, the class of 92, to pay respects to Lady Cathy Ferguson, Sir Alex's wife, who it was a funeral yesterday in the city centre, in St Andrew's Cathedral, and then the private committal, and then they went to the Hotel de Burnside for, and you'd all the names, Beckham, Giggs, Scholes. Well, I think it shows you Robson. the respect, but you don't realise yeah. that the job that Lady Cathy had done with Sir Alex because the management that he was doing at that particular time, we talk about how early he's in at the pitch mm. and how many hours he stays. And How early was he in? You know, well, I remember I visited him for a week just after I'd left Norwich and you'd get in there at seven o'clock and Sir Alex was already there. But the I know, I know most managers are like that. Let's not yeah. be kidding. Most managers are like that. Seven in the morning? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Because it becomes, a, it becomes a habit. You want to be prepared before everybody comes in because you end up with so much to do that's what people don't understand because you've got so much to do prior to it then you've got to do the, your coaching and whatever and organise your training which you've done probably in the build up through the week but there's always something arises somebody's always wanting to speak to you there's a player phones in he's not particularly well so something you've been preparing to do there's all things changing all the time but down in England's completely different as Andy will tell you because of the amount of travelling you have to do you know, especially yesteryear when you used to travel by bus to everywhere so there's by the time you were coming back so there's a lot of sacrifices you had to make and the wives have to uh, uh, Lorraine when we were in Norwich she'd have to go to the hotel the night before because she was a bit frightened to stay on her own and yeah. with two yeah. young kids sure. so we simple things like when we went down at first obviously in later years they get a wee bit older it's fine but you were always that wee bit concerned so there's all these wee things that the wives have to do but Sir Alex has been in the public eye and the success he's had and the amount of games he's played you know well, you see the people that turned out and that shows you yeah. the respect that his wife had uh, Lady mm. Cathy never mind Sir Alex because yeah. uh, I know I think she was a very respectful I know Darren his boy well yeah. Darren's mm -hmm. a fantastic boy and you just feel such sympathy for him it doesn't matter people say oh they're 84 they've had a good innings right. or whatever Still. it's heartbreaking no matter what age they are and always too young we're just yeah. so sorry to hear it all a Gorbals girl and obviously Rangers John Gregg was there from Celtic Brendan Rodgers many people were there at all the clubs and obviously the Aberdeen players as well you know Miller and McLeish that great the, double act the Aberdeen yeah. connection where it all started yeah. where he made his name and uh, you know Aberdeen would regularly come to Glasgow whether it was Celtic and Rangers and win and that was the that was what when I was at Motherwell and you were playing against Aberdeen that's what you heard all the time you know that Aberdeen could come to Glasgow and win and it was the it was the mantra that Alex Ferguson almost lived on we will not be successful unless we can win in Glasgow. So was that 88, thereabouts, 87, you were well, at Motherwell eight, in the first team? 87? 87, yeah. I left Motherwell oh, and left Celtic. 86, didn't he? 86. He left right. it because okay. he, he won the yeah. league, didn't he? Oh, no, he, oh, he had. What yeah. I mean is, so, I was going to ask you though, so when you played, so you were in the first team at Motherwell at what yeah, year? Yeah, 84. Oh, even better, right. 84. So in 84, when Aberdeen came to town... Well, they were the with, European exactly. champions so, of that Cup Winners Cup, yeah. They'd won titles... So were they the number one team? So Pretty do you much. remember? Yeah. Uh, well, I remember it because Aberdeen and Dundee United yeah, had a much firm. better reputation in Europe with Alec Ferguson, the manager of Aberdeen, Jim McLean, who by all accounts was a bit of a genius and yeah. uh, all the things he did at Dundee United. And I worked under his brother Tommy mm -hmm. and, and I've said it before, I don't think I would have had a career without his coaching. And I think that's... I always look at a coach and a manager and absolutely they can make a difference. Yes. They can make players better. They can they can guide you in a way that some others can't and you can improve. I was playing against him at that time. Mm. Yeah. Um, at yeah. that particular time. And 
I think the last league they won, and I'm not sure if it's Sir Alex's last game. If you remember, Willie Miller scored a header against us up at Petaudry and they beat us 1 0. I think they clinched the league that year. Um, yeah. So we knew when they came to Glasgow, it was a tough game, and they yeah. knew that. And he'd put that mantra in it, you know, the, yeah. but the Glasgow media and the referees yeah, well, and whatever. It was all going on. You yeah. know, sort of thing. But yeah. they were a tough team. Uh -huh. But very, I don't think the players get the credit how good mm -hmm. they were. They were a real top quality side. They had a great mixture of men, you know, leadership. You know, McLeish and Miller, Leighton, sure. it's obviously that. But you could have named their team. You know, you God rest them, Neely Cooper, Neely Simpson, course, all these yeah. guys, you know. Scott Strang, Strang at yeah. first, and then that, that changed over to different players. Mm -hmm. Scanlon, Peter Weir. Right. You know, all Mark these guys. McGee. All these guys were brilliant. Yeah. Eric Black, yeah. you know. Right. Even, uh, even John Hewitt, who came uh, himself for a yeah, short yeah, time. Absolutely. And John, John would score regularly like, in, big in, games, in the big game. And in the final. Against Real Madrid. It's unbelievable. I think younger listeners won't. Yeah, imagine this. I've been interesting thing with the number one team in the I, country. I've yeah. you know, yeah. interesting thing about it all, Paul. Yeah, they had the famous scout, didn't they? Oh yeah, that's right. Um, uh, Glenn? Just, I, no, 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 it's just out my head. Bobby Calder. Bobby, 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 Bobby Calder. And they used, to, they used to have a, a, um, a tournament on. It was yeah. the biggest tournament, if not in Britain, def, if right. not in Europe. Sure. Sorry, it was in Britain, and it used to be held in Glasgow. So if you looked wow. at all their players, yep. predominantly they're all from, from down here. here. Uh -huh. Because that's Is that why how they, they put, get Miller and yeah, McLeish. Because they put the tournaments on, right. they would come in hand, pick the players away, and invite them up at Christmas season, whatever. We Joe Miller's and all that ended that's up with their careers yeah. that. But there was the Bobby Calder tournament they had in at the centre of Glasgow, and so right, many Bobby clubs Calder. used to come, you know. So they were well ahead of their time at that particular time. Well remembered. So back to today, the big talking point has been well, the first real appearance of the manager there in the club. Are you quite happy with the gear? Should I ask you to? You had to just wear your Scotland suits and your was it in your Slater suits, wasn't it as well? For, Slaters, aye. Eh? You always Celtic. went to Slaters for yeah. uh, for something nice, something special. So happy with the the new manager looked apart today. So Philippe Clement has been in front of the media, and uh, he was asked, right, what about the captaincy? Is he going to change it? I don't see a reason for the moment to change those things. I think uh, I need to focus on, on many others for the moment and, uh, and step by step looking what is the best story for the club, but I don't see a, a reason for the moment to change that now. Andy, if you look at the stats, you'd say, what are you talking about? So, James oh, Tavernier... I'm a huge fan of Tavernier. I think he's been a magnificent signing for Rangers. I think he has done one or two daft things. I can remember a few years ago going to Ibrooks picking up the programme and Tavernier's sort of captain page was, you know, we're struggling to uh, play under, you know, the pressure of the fans. Yeah. That 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 was a daft thing to say because yeah. that, that pretty much happens on a weekly basis, whether you're playing at, at home and away, there's always a big crowd that will that will follow you. But yeah. you look at his stats, I think it was Warburton who brought him in. Mm -hmm. But as a right back, it's remarkable that he's got more than 100 goals it's remarkable. I don't know what the, the number of assists are, but... Uh, I think it's goals anyway, yeah. Yeah, so, but Tavernier yeah. and Barisic over the last number of years for Rangers have been really consistently good, in my view. And I know they get a lot mm. of criticism. And I know that Tavernier is not the best defender. But I think he's given a lot more good to Rangers than, um, you know, than a negative. And do you think it would destabilise the players, if he made the change, or would it just be unfair to James Tavernier, do you think? I'm sure he'll speak to him. Do you want to take it? Do, is it affecting your game? Um, if it is, he would be happy to pass it on. I mean, I can remember playing in a Celtic team with Peter where um, the best captain I ever played with was Roy, Roy. Aitken. Mm. And then I remember Paul McStay taking over 
and Paul was it was tough for Paul because Paul I thought led by example yeah. but when we were a, when we became a poor team and we weren't we weren't winning anything you could see it just on Paul's shoulders it was it was really tough but he would never he would never go in and say take the captaincy off me because he he wanted to be successful he kept at it but it, it can be um, it can be a burden to carry for some players Peter for James Tavernier is he going to continue as captain? if I could say his name I'd, uh, be, I'd be probably going better you're not alone someone you know, else said so, it but yeah. I, I keep saying Tav it. Yeah, yeah. But I keep saying it. the biggest problem he's had his job is a defender and in too many big games he's cost him a goal in a big game a cup final semi-final whatever going the other way he's been outstanding but I always say if you're a right back you've got to be a good defender and that, that's the most important thing but as Andy talks about his stats and listen great credit to him the other week there he'd been booed off at Ibrox and it was at St Murnley went to the flags were out whatever and he comes up with two goals again you know and that's not easy to come out and play under that pressure all the time knowing that you're going onto the pitch and you're getting a bit of criticism and the criticism's flying at you because no matter if he, did, he says I'm not on social media and I don't read it everybody's quickly telling you you know so great credit to him for that and I think the manager's made the right call I, I, I'm not sure it is the the way to go now where your, your first job is a defender I'm not sure that's a message you get anymore I think in modern day football especially with fullbacks, your job is to get up and down that pitch your job is to get crosses in your job is to create goals I mean it's remarkable the amount of goals he's scored and I know he's he's got a special talent for free kicks he gets a, an extraordinary amount of penalties but he gets himself on the end of things his, his running stats won't be they, they'll be the highest of any player I think at, at Ibrooks because he gets up and down that pitch more often than anyone so did Danny McGrain yeah. he was the best defender in the world <laughs> absolutely yeah sure. can you imagine Danny yeah. scoring I mean, he was the best defender in the world but Danny McGrain overlapped more than any Manny Caltz so you can't give him an excuse it's still so important He's to be a man. defender no yeah. it is. Not I don't sure. care what way you play what yeah. skill you have because if you're playing against him Pappy and you're playing you're talking about Pappy because we're playing against him tonight you've got to be a defender against him mm. you've got to be in position when the opposition's got the ball no matter if you're running forward your job is still got to be a defender if not play outside right be a right winger you know be a right midfielder but your job is to get back behind the ball and it doesn't matter who tactically is going to coach you that's his job and that's why he gets the criticism he gets yep we're just seeing it there uh, on Sky as well from earlier when he came in at the assembled media for the arrival of Philippe Clement a player that's one of his but he's on loan just now to Hearts has scored for Scotland under 21s we're one up against Malta the Alex game's Lowry. on at the moment and it's Alex Lowry he scored a penalty so yeah good start for him I mean, that's a question it's would, a would you have let him go well, I think it's a good move for him. I don't okay. think he's going to play in this Rangers team, but I think it's a good move to go to Hearts, who are one of the better clubs out with the big two. And some of the stuff that he's done there, I think has been really good. His goal against Kilmarnock, was it, in the quarterfinal of the League Cup? Uh, he might not be able to play against uh, Rangers. In the, well, he's he not be able to play against yeah. Rangers in the semi-final. But um, I think him to go there and get game experience, I think he's getting more game time there than he would at Ibrox it's, a, it's been a good move for him No I agree I agree 100% you hear me saying it all the time Paul one there's too many substitutes and the young boys should go out and play Let them play You Let them play yeah. because there's, with time and time again I keep telling you week in week out every weekend you see so many kids standing at the side of the pitch it is incredible actually so I like to see these boys going out and playing at a level listen Liam Scales prime example yeah. 
mm. goes. He could have ended up going back to Aberdeen. He was probably a kick in the ball for going back to Aberdeen even this Aberdeen. season. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, and then all of a sudden, he got a couple of injuries, he gets into the team and he's been excellent. Now, you would probably say he's number one choice on the left-hand side. And that's what can happen. But having the game time with Aberdeen and that confidence that builds with playing well and playing a full season gives them that opportunity. And that is much better than playing in B teams or whatever. Go and play for the guys that got to try and win points, you know, and not contain off after 60 minutes. Everybody else are standing at the side for 60 minutes. And Brendan Rogers said that the other week, Andy, didn't he? That he said, I've been surprised because he hadn't seen much of Liam Scales. And why would he when he was down south? But he's been exceptional. Do you think Liam Skills is the, now the number one central defender, left-sided? Well, he's the man in possession of the jersey. I remember doing some Aberdeen games towards the end of mm. last season, and I thought he was really good. I mean, that that sort of fluke goal that he got against Rangers at Petaudry for Aberdeen, it sort of brought him to more people's attention. But just in general, mm. his his defending, his use of the ball, his passing, his his uh, his strength and his composure... I think, it, well, it impressed me. I know that it impressed uh, Barry Robson speaking to him after a couple of games. He's been great for him. I'm sure he would have loved him to to go back there, but he's now in possession of the jersey and the fact that he he gives you that natural balance on the left-hand side, I think that will work in his favour. Did you tell him afterwards when you came down from the gantry then? Did you say, listen, that was a fluke? Or did you say, Liam, <laughs> what a great goal? No, I didn't speak to Liam. I spoke to... <laughs> no, he would have told saw, him, don't worry, he's like that. I, <laughs> saw, I saw Johnny Hayes a couple yeah. of weeks ago. I spoke to him after yeah. a game where he picked up a, a bit of a, a knee injury. And it was yeah. good to... I was doing post-match interviews. Good to always speak to, to Barry Robson, who's... I mean, that's a pressure job. And sure, he's come into a situation there where they're in Europe. It's really tough coming back after a Thursday night game. And yet again, the last... What was the last game? It finished nil nil. St Johnston. Oh, it was a terrible game. And he yep. is. It was a terrible mm. game, and he's finding it tough to to go on the Sunday after they've either been travelling or playing in front of a sellout crowd at Petaudry on the Thursday. It's it's a it's a difficult challenge for them. And on that, there's a package here in the studio for you, Andy. It's Aberdeen Football Club. And Peter, would you hand it over yeah. to him? Yes, is yes. Something inside it. What, what could it be? What's this about? Aberdeen it's a set of spark plugs I think uh, yeah on the journey you, you stopped off for Rob McLean on the way up and that was really good of you so I'll Rob's never, got you something I'll there I'll never do that again he was criticising my music <laughs> oh, what were you listening to? Hey, well, honestly my son's given me music okay. people I've never heard of but it's very modern uh -huh. I love it yeah. <laughs> we can't get something out yeah. let's hear from and while we're on Celtic at this point we're going to hear from James Bisgrove in a moment or two um, about Philip Clement um, what about Mikey Johnson is there anyway back in he scored for Ireland last night Could the only be? thing he's got in his favour is the fact that he worked under Brendan Pryor okay. I think it's time for him to step up if he's given the opportunity he's got to step up and I've been um, Palmer I've been impressed with you know yeah. and you think to yourself where is he going to play because that's where I would see his position to be I've been impressed when I've seen young Vata when he's played Rocco Vata you know but he seems to be moving on, going with the reports and newspapers and whatever. Has he got a bit of pace as well? I like him because he, he, i seen in the pre-season and he played on the right-hand side but played as a right-winger. Actually went by the outside of the, the full-back and put great crosses in. So it'll be interesting to see if he stays with Celtic but you're just reading reports that maybe he's something that's up in the air. But Mikey's got to step up now because everybody's talked about him for a long time now and I know he's had a few injuries, you know, so you've got to make sure that that's your focus. You try and get in there and then pushing people and then when you get the opportunity... As we're talking about Liam Scales, when you're given the opportunity, 
you have got to grab it with both hands. There's also the politics of it a wee bit where you need to have so many homegrown players for uh, European games and sometimes you won't be allowed to go out on loan. And just in general, we we say it all the time, Peter, I know you're the same as me. Uh, The only way you learn as a player is by playing games, playing against men, playing against uh, experience, playing against better teams and you will develop uh, as an individual. And Rocco Vata, Mikey Johnson, they're, they're in the same boat. They, they might get the odd bit of game time, but the only way they're going to improve is playing every week, the way that uh, you see Liam Scales improving. Well, see, on that, Paul, yeah. we Celtic playing the European games for the, the kids, the B team. So when they're playing in the B league, for me, the, does that prepare them for playing against Real Madrid? I think going with looking at results, getting beat 6 0 or something like that year with Real Madrid or Barcelona or whatever, that proves it doesn't. So, how are they going to improve? And that's what I'm saying to you. I think it's a, a group of young boys going to play in a B League together. And I think there's a difficulty because it's not like the old reserves, as people say. You know, it's a different type of football. And that's yeah. not being disrespectful no, yeah. in any shape or form. But they're also not going into the dressing room. You get somebody like Andy Walker or something shooting you. Hey, you stop giving the ball yeah. or you're not putting the ball into my feet. Same yeah, stage of development. Absolutely. Yeah. And that is part of development. And that's not being a dinosaur in any shape or form. That's fact. Because when people are playing for points and the manager's going to lose his job if he doesn't get a couple of results yeah. on the bounce, which it is nowadays, then you see a different tension comes with that. And nothing prepares you for that unless you're involved in that week in, week out. And that's why I used to take a lot of the boys on loan because they really struggled. It didn't matter who they were coming. But then you would see them growing the more they got used to it. And I thought that was a better way for them learning. And I just think, I just don't know what ways to make it better because a lot of them have stopped, stopped doing that down in England. I know Brentford done it. I know they went back into it. But they yeah. were playing against, like, visiting teams to playing against that top quality player so their players would get better that way. I'm not sure we're doing it the right way up here. With either of you, did any of the big names who were maybe in the reserves, did they ever give you a real shuriken for well, your Granny performance? Well, was in the reserves more than me, so... He <laughs> I didn't even know we had the reserves. <laughs> oh, yeah. So no, 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 you were too young I remember I was, I was to, under 16s yeah. playing with the boys club okay. and Big yeah. Latchy was in goals. Peter Latchford? Oh, yeah. yeah it's, it's if you didn't block a shot coming, you know, yeah. from midfield or whatever yeah. and somebody came through. Well, Big Latchy wouldn't have been long in telling you you know, Mike Conroy, um, Binzer, mm, yeah. Mike would yeah. have been the exact same. Because remember, there was only four teams would maybe travel with the first team. Right. So the rest of the boys, so that's what I'm saying. People think the, the reserves was fully old men. There was probably about three or four because there was only about 18 in a first team squad. Yeah. But the four that weren't involved, they played. The only ones that weren't playing in it was the boys that was on the bench for the first team, which was two substitutes. You know, but you'd, that was your experienced players. But oh no, they wanted to win. But that's also what you've seen. You've seen the mentality of them but they wanted to win even in the reserve game and that rubs off you near the things you learn which I think you can't put in a box. We're with these two winners. We're back 0808 17 17 700. The Go Radio Football Show with Global Eco Energy. Switch to clean, renewable energy and reduce your bills by up to 70%. Let's go! Who would be a football manager to see Graham Alexander just after, what was it, five, six months at MK Dons? He's gone yeah. already. Not that long ago, he was the manager at Motherwell at the start of last season. Yeah, they wanted him out. They've got yeah. a lot of expectation at MK Dons. They've got a beautiful stadium. That's magnificent, isn't and, it? And yeah. uh, they want to be doing better and no patience for managers now. Do you not win the first five at the start of the season? He started well. I think, I think he I won the first he's won five. About eight or so yeah. and they wanted him out. And yet, Peter, you'd go back into... Andy, is that why 
Or do you now fancy? Do you ever think I fancy it? I never fancy. Well, I took my coaching badges yes. and I, I was fully qualified when I finished playing, but I just didn't have the fire in my mm. belly and I was getting asked to do other things that was keeping me busy. I do love going to games. I yeah, mean, I was I at Carlisle yeah. uh, last weekend. I'm back in the same sort of neck of the woods down south this weekend. I'm doing a Newcastle game and I'm going to Barnsley next week. I just like any any football. Mm. Love it. Miss you on a Sunday at the live game. You're incisive comment. I genuinely do. I haven't said that to you there. You call it straight. You say exactly what you think. But uh, I've seen you on on the Sky um, Soccer um, stuff as well. Yeah, with, I'm very yeah. grateful just to be going to games, and uh, yeah. it doesn't matter what level. It's always mm. it's always good just to see how teams play and why why is a team on top? What are they doing? How can you change it? How can you stay in front? All those questions you ask. Uh, you ask yourself. A big one this weekend: the Craig Moore Derby, isn't it? Newcastle and Palace has two teams, yeah. And my God, Newcastle are are going really well. There's a well, the fact they're playing now Champions League football, and I know you know Eddie Howe really well from your time down south, eh? Yeah, no, he's done terrific here, you know. And as I says, when all the, the thing was getting swung about before Ange came in and whatever, but Eddie and I spoke to him about the job and whatever. And I'm delighted for him because he's a fantastic boy as well, a real good football man, loves his football, and all his backroom staff as well because they're all players that played for us actually at Bournemouth you know so that's great to see there's about eight of them on the staff there and that just shows you the camaraderie that that group had and that's what we see what football brings you know your teammates your ex-teammates you have a laugh and a joke but they're always friends forevermore and you, I don't. there's not many jobs in the world I mm. think it's like it and that's why you, you want to keep involved in it and I'm sure Andy turns up to watch games and you bump into people he's not seen for ages yeah it's great you know it's players great. you played against we're all got older why, why didn't he come to Glasgow I mean that one Celtic chased him for so long and I've, I know they got Ange Postacoglu in the yeah. end and he mm. was great but when you see what um, what Eddie Howe has sure. done at Newcastle mm. he too I'm sure would have been a success he's top class oh, there's no yeah. doubt he would have been a success there's, yeah. no, there's no doubt of that but I think you look at it but he brought the same players in as Ange definitely mm. not no. you know there's absolutely not that wouldn't have been the case and I don't mean that because no, Ange knew but more different. of that part of the world so it would have been a completely different team there is absolutely no doubt of that mm. But I know the way he works at it, he's very diligent in his work. Um, and as I say, maybe he's one of these, well, I know for a fact he'd have done all his homework and everything that was expected and what yeah. was demanded and who was working with him. If there was something that he wasn't sure about, if he'd won doubt, he wouldn't have done it. Um, there is no doubt of that, and that's always the type of character he's been. Made you top of the table in England just now. It's uh, Ange at number one position, and just behind him, it's uh, Mikel Arteta. Both yeah. of them, you know, featured large yeah. in Scottish football a long time ago for Arteta. Yeah. I, I think there is a good reflection yeah. on Scottish football, the yeah. fact that Ange Postacoglu is mm. doing well, and I know that a lot of players, the likes of McGinn and Robertson and uh, others, have taken a step uh, before they, they make a, a huge success in England. And I think it's good mm. that Ange Postacoglu has gone there and he's come from Scottish football. I mean, it wasn't so long ago, Peter, the, the Premier League in England there was maybe six, seven, eight, nine Scots that were managing in the top flight. You would, Absolutely. you would have probably have been yep. there with Alan McLeish. Yep. He would, he would have been one of them. I bumped into a former Leeds manager the other night. Arsenal's all-time top appearances, David O'Leary. Yes, yeah, yeah, Big Roy was his assistant. Of course, yeah. They went to Dubai, Dubai together. Uh-huh. Yeah, and then Big Roy stayed on, and David came home. So uh, I wonder what happened there. What, what were the company cars? Is it true? Rolls Royces could have been. Is that oh, true? I don't actually. know if it's true. There would have been no doubt in yeah. that. Known Big Roy, I definitely yeah. would have. Uh-huh. He'd have been looking after himself, that big. You know yeah. what I mean? That and cream cakes. <laughs> he'd have taken that and cream cakes. He'd been quite happy. While we're talking about Leeds players, I know yes. that Eddie Gray's son Stuart is not keeping very well. Right. I'd just like to 
give him all the uh, best wishes that he needs at this moment. He's he's got a fight on his hands, and he played alongside us at Celtic. Mm. He was a he was a wonderful player, a wonderful guy, yeah. and uh, let's hope he can he can win this fight as well. Absolutely, here, here, yeah. So let's go back to Rangers today with uh, Philippe Clement, you know, introduced to the wider media, including ourselves, and the CEO James Bisgrove spoke about the long term, the three and a half year deal for the Belgian manager. I think we recognise that continuity and stability is going to be absolutely key to this football club. This is the 19th manager we've had in 151 years and we went through a process uh, that was multi-layered and undertook a lot of due diligence and took our time with the board to get this appointment right. We had a very clear vision in terms of the characteristics that we wanted the next main Rangers manager to have and the board were unanimous that, that, that Philippe was the outstanding candidate in that process. So absolutely, this is a, uh, a long-term appointment, but you know, Rangers is about winning and, you know, there's a lot of football to be played this season. I know that Philip and the squad will be giving it everything that they've got for this to be a successful season. But absolutely, we are looking forward to working with, with Philip in the short, medium and long term. What do you take from that, Peter? There's no such thing as a three and a half year contract, Paul. Yeah. You know, the bottom line is you've got to win games of football. Um, you'd love it if that means you're being successful and similar to the situation with Ange people would question when he came in and all of a sudden after two years Ange decided to go because a big club came in for him and I'm sure that's what Rangers will be hoping that he does ever so well and all of a sudden other clubs are coming for him but the bottom line is to keep that contract even over six months you have to win you have yeah. to win you have to see a different style coming to it and I think he'll get the opportunity because they've put a lot out in this because if you're talking about there's an opportunity to go to Saudi Arabia and I'm sure he'll get a hell of a lot more money there. I'm sure Rangers are paying him handsomely but he'll get a lot more money in Saudi Arabia. So great credit to him for that. It's a football step he's taken in that respect and he's wanting to do it right. And as I say, I keep talking about Scottish football with Celtic and Rangers. You look round about, I tell you, but there's pressure comes with Manchester United only. Yeah. It gets covered so much and the pressure that's on the manager there constantly. And that's very similar here because you're playing against each other week in, week out, even though you're not opponents in that particular day. Your results are going against each other every game it goes on. And that's where you have to finish above them. And nine times out of ten nowadays, especially, you finish above Rangers, you're champions. And that's the way it's got to be, you know, and that's the way Celtic have been consistently and they'll want to continue that and get stronger. And he's the chaser. Um, and that's what he's got to do but what to do is he's got an opportunity to win a cup and I think there becomes a massive pressure to win that cup mm. even though he's just in the door He was asked about uh, his conversation with Thomas Buffel his fellow countryman who obviously was at Rangers did he reveal anything about what was said? Thomas was very positive about the club he had a great time here uh, he knows me also really well we played together in a national team before I was his coach in Genk in his, uh, his last year there he, he, he told me that this is really a club that suits me because he knows I'm a winner and I want to go through the wall to win games. And this is the mentality that this club needs and wants and what the fans want. That it's fantastic to be in this stadium when everybody is behind you. And he told me also that next couple of weeks for sure he's going to come uh, to watch some games. I think that's most of it today, Andy. What do you think overall, you know, from Philippe Clement? I, I just think he said yeah. all the right things. He's been calm and measured. He mm. talks, well, that was James Bisgrove talking about continuity and stability and Peter's right. That will only come with winning games. I think uh, just the average Rangers fan wants to be entertained a bit more. 
those banners that you saw, passion yeah. was it passionless, leaderless, yeah. uh, whatever else list it was. Mm-hmm. Um, they want to see better football, and uh, I think Philip Camon has has just made all the right statements that you want to hear. There's been nothing outlandish. There's been nothing um, over the top, and I think the fact that he is experienced. And he, he can call himself a winner because he's won titles in, in Belgium and he has taken charge of games at the highest level, Champions League, Europa League. So he's got the type of experience that uh, a club like Rangers needs. Getting reaction coming in to the Go Football show. Uh, we shout to, to Ricky and Davey who are listening in the Costa del Sol. It's been lovely, I think, this afternoon. They're waiting on Diane and Claire heading out tonight. Clement for president, he's saying. <laughs> uh, he likes the sound of him, but he said, not sure about the jeans and shirt, though, when he arrived on, on Sunday. Everybody Which, checks everything. That just tells you when you come here. If he'd went to Belgium he or was, a team out anywhere else, nobody would even question his outfit. I think he was very stylish. <laughs> not that we would know about that. We're well, talking about not. yourself, Paul. Thank you. That's true, Peter. Um, but, uh, yeah, he was very smart. But it was well, different. The big, he, I think Davy's been a bit traditional there. Yeah, I <laughs> think he, he yeah. needs to make his mark. And that yeah. starts, obviously, with a sellout uh, against Hibs. Yeah. And I, I, it's interesting to watch Hibs just now. A new manager, you know, who's not long in the door. They've got a wee bit of character, having come, come back from a two-goal deficit at Tynecastle. And, of course, they... Um, they will be inspired as well by trying to get a result at, uh, at Ibrox. That will be a fantastic occasion on Saturday at Ibrox. It certainly will be. It'll be uh, an, an amazing game. Great to hear from you, Davey. That's big Davey Forsyth, Tam Forsyth, the late great Tam Forsyth boy who often listens oh, in. Fantastic. And uh, hopefully... He was I think, my coach at Murray. We indeed. spoke about Tommy yeah. McLean earlier. There was right. some. It was a strange sort of... <laughs> friendship that they had the In big guy way. the wee guy yeah. and big Tam and wee Tam uh-huh. and uh, <laughs> whereas wee Tam Tommy McLean yeah. he was all about detail mm-hmm. as a manager and as a coach uh, Tam was more gruff he was more noisy he was he was more direct yeah. shall we say and uh, a wee bit more old school bit, bit more Stonehouse straight to the point <laughs> He's I still remember his yeah. goal studs. Yeah, yeah. I didn't think you'd want to mention yeah, I that. Did. I still want to hear that one. Uh, was that the 73 Cup that. final? Yeah, I still remember. Yeah. I broke my heart. I was crying out the back that day. <laughs> <laughs> Great to hear you guys over there. And I know you were at the Chris Boyd event, which everyone seemed to love. We had so many people were on a week past Friday for his charity do in Glasgow. 0808 17 17 700. We should have the Scotland team fairly soon. Steve Clark been on to you yet to to give you the final lineup? Um, here's a lineup coming in, but it's the Northern Ireland one. So we'll take a quick break <laughs> and then we'll focus a bit more about Rangers there, a bit more at Celtic. We'll look at all the games this weekend and what about Scotland up against France next? The Go Radio Football Show with Global Eco Energy. Design your bespoke solar PV system and meet your energy needs with no upfront costs. Let's go. Scotland up against France tonight. Those games are, yeah, it's a friendly tonight, but for France as well, they want to, they're never playing a friendly, really are they? We're playing one of the top two teams in the world, maybe the best at the moment. That was one of my best experiences uh, broadcasting a number of years ago when we did the uh, Scotland-France game. Mm. And that got you out of your seat when James McFadden (laughs) banged that in for you. Absolutely. It was one of the great great goals, wasn't it? Yeah. What a great night. Great commentary, Peter Martin as well. Tremendous. He did. Well, ham to him. Yeah. <laughs> PLZ is a good man still out there uh, uh, doing uh, his broadcasting. Here we are, Paul Cooney, Peter Grant, 
and the voice of Andy Walker on the Go Radio Football Show tomorrow night. John Hartson will be here along with Barry. And what we'll be talking about with the game, and of course we'll then get back to Cinch Premiership action. What do you think tonight? I know it's not, well, is it, what kind of performance would you hope for from Scotland realistically tonight, Peter? I think positive, organised. Yeah. Stevie's teams are always well organised. Defensively, good structure around about them. As I said, the things I'd be looking for is can we maintain the ball better than we did? You know, when we win it back, can we be more positive with it but keep it in a certain way? I thought we turned it over too many times in dangerous areas which didn't allow us a breather. And at that level, against top quality, you won't see it back for five minutes. And there's a possibility with the quality they have. Whoever they have in the pitch, whether I'm Pappy and that player or not, we've said before, they've got about 25 to 30 players who would get in any national team. So I'm really looking forward to it and seeing performances from the Scots boys, it's the changes, who comes in, how are they going to perform? Because it's not easy for them in the team. You can near enough pick Stevie's team at this moment in time. So when you get an opportunity, you've got to put that marker down for the manager that you're prepared to fight and get in that team for going to the Euros next summer. Andy, what are you looking for tonight? And looking forward to seeing a bit of quality mm. from the French Camavinga, uh, Dembele, Griezmann, mm. uh, Giroud maybe. I'm not sure Mbappe will play. Right. Um, I, I'm sure that our players will want him to play because you always want to test yourself and be on the, the same pitch as the best. And Kylian Mbappe is undoubtedly one of the best. But um, great test, no matter who France uh, put out. And I just hope, as Peter says, we can keep improving keep learning how to be better against the the bigger nations because we, we did get a bit of a lesson at Hamden yeah. when England came to town. I know there's a special rivalry there, but they showed what a really top-class team can do to us even even though we were we were at full strength that night. They sure did. Steve Clark, after qualifying, I spoke to the media before flying out yesterday to France about his players. He spoke and he praised them. Yeah, obviously very proud to be their head coach because they... They've consistently delivered for their country. I said that, I started saying that three years ago, that this group of players are determined to be successful for Scotland. And consistently they've shown that. And it's been pretty much the same core group that we've carried. And they deserve, they deserve every bit of praise that they get. Sure do. And he gave his reaction to the fact that we were definitely now through. It obviously feels good. It's been a good campaign till now. To win your first five games, you obviously put yourself in a very strong position. Uh, I, I said that the 15 points is what was going to qualify, not the fact that Spain beat Norway. Uh, obviously, that finalised the, the qualification. So, really proud of my players, delighted for the players. Uh, they put a lot of work in over the last just over four years in my, my reign as head coach. And it's, it's fantastic for them to be at the, the second major finals after such a long, barren spell for Scottish football. And how did they celebrate? Did they celebrate? Me personally, yeah. I never relax. <laughs> no, no, it was uh, it was good. We obviously we, we all sat together, watched the game. Uh, the the moment when you the final whistle goes and your qualification secured is is obviously a good moment. Not quite the same as doing it in a game in a game situation. But we we relaxed. We we had a good couple of hours together. Uh, the boys sang a few songs and they were they were happy. So hopefully they recover before tomorrow. Who captains tonight be John McGinn, I take Depending it? Depending on the team, probably. Of course, yeah. Depending on the team, you know. If not, you know, you've... Listen, you've got a few captains for clubs there, haven't you? Mm -hmm. You know, if you've got Callum McGregor and all yep. them there as well. If John's playing or Callum's playing. Um, listen, you go out there now and you want a team of captains, you know, McTominay's yeah. done exceptionally sure. well, you know, yeah. as well. So if he starts and other boys don't start, so you're yeah. saying boys out there, it's shown character. And as I said, when Big Alec brought Scott in, 
you can tell he had that determination to succeed mm-hmm. the way, as I said many times, it's not just the way he plays and goes about his business. Yes, there's, there's faults he's got, but the one thing he's not got fault with is his attitude to be a success. And he's proven that not just with Scotland, but he does it every time he plays for Manchester United. And I know he gets criticism there, but I think that's one of the places when people just jump on the bandwagon and then all of a sudden you become this, that, and then people realise how good you are yeah. when you're not there. And if somebody were talking in the summer, as I said last week, at £30 million, and Declan Rice was going for 105 or whatever, yeah. mm-hmm. I'm thinking, wow, West Ham would get a bargain for Tim McTominay to replace that at £30 million. There is absolutely no doubt in my mind of that. Because I don't, I genuinely don't think, I think Declan Rice is an outstanding player. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But there's not that amount of money a difference. Uh, that's for sure. I wonder how much Lewis Ferguson is worth after making that step from Aberdeen where... I think a lot of us thought he might go to Celtic, he might go to Rangers, but he ended up going abroad. He's now become the captain at Bologna. He's playing at a really good level. He's scoring goals on a on a big occasion. And I'm sure he's got um a number of clubs looking at him, looking at what he could do for a for one of the big clubs in England. You're mentioning England, uh, some of the players there. I'm just looking and I can see that Harry Maguire is playing. There's Pickford, Walker, Stones, Maguire, Trippier, Phillips, Rice, Foden, Bellingham, Rashford and Kane. So they want to make sure... Yeah, they want to qualify tonight I, yeah. and they obviously want a bit of revenge against Italy. Last course, time they came, the Euros, they, yeah. uh, they, they triumphed in the Euros, but that's pretty much England at full strength, isn't it? That's what I'm saying. Back to near enough, the team that played Italy the last time. You know, because it's looking there, it's looking yeah. as if mm-hmm. Trippi is maybe going to be playing at left back. Going with that, well, further up the pitch, it's near enough the same team. You Pierre, know? I was doing uh, Burnley Chelsea a couple of weeks ago, and Raheem Sterling, top man, man of the match, he was involved in every goal, scored one himself, and he's not been in the last four England squads. I think that just what? tells you the, the depth that they have to, to call upon. It's unusual, isn't it, that we have qualified ahead of England? Yeah. In fact, yeah. we're the first of Long the whole nations continue. to get through. Indeed, <laughs> would, you, yeah. would you like to draw them in the the Euros? No, no. Well, Peter, what would you I, say? I, so I, that, I'd love to play them right. and beat them. <laughs> of course, you would. You'd love to beat them because at some time you've got to stand up and take them on and be able to beat them. After Even the, after after the group stage, that's what I meant. No, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'd love to take them on any time okay. yeah. because at the end of the day, these boys are playing against these boys every week. So we know England have got top quality players, but you, for sure you would take bringing Malta, them on to play against them. Malta have equalised in the other 21s. Here's breaking news. The captain tonight is Scott McTominay. Mm. So I'll just give you... And the goalkeeper, Liam Kelly. So Scott McTominay's wearing number four. Liam Cooper, number six. I'll just give you them as they've been thrown to me. And I know you'll work out how they're playing. Uh, Shea Adams in 10. Jack Henry, 13. Billy Gilmer, 14. Scott McKenna, 16. Lewis Ferguson, 16. Greg Taylor, number 20 tonight. Nathan Patterson, 22. And Kenny Miller, 23. Kenny Miller, is he come back for retirement? Kenny McLean, even, is tonight. <laughs> I was actually looking, that's almost the team that you gave us. The only one was McTominay. I've never McTominay, put, yeah. I put Stuart Armstrong in. The rest of it's that's the right. team. Yeah. Andy... We don't like it's, a smart Alec, do we? But he was just about right. That's two weeks running. You've called it right. Never mind yeah. we don't like a smart Alec. We just yeah. don't like Peter. That's, that's fair enough. Steady. Let's go right to the so, point. I'm on sorry, the, I'm used to that. On the bench, Angus Dunn. Uh, Angus, Angus Dunn. Gunn and Xander Clark. <laughs> I'm fading you down now. Angus Gunn and Xander Clark. John Souter. 
John McGinn, Callum McGregor, Lyndon Dykes, Ryan Christie, Ryan Porteous, Stuart Armstrong, Jacob Brown and Max Johnson called in yesterday. So Andy, yeah, he is freshening up quite a bit. So uh, Yeah, well, I, if we yeah. don't have our number one goalkeeper who is Angus Gunn, what, what do the others give us? So Liam Kelly, I think, coming in is, is an interesting one, how he can handle international football. The uh, defenders in front of him, he needs to very quickly just get that relationship that you need with your central defender. So Henry, uh, McKenna and Cooper, left-sided Cooper. You've got Taylor on one side, Patterson on the other. And then you've got Ferguson, McTominay, Gilmer and McLean with Adams, uh, you know, ploughing that lone role up front. So um bit of pace in the team with, with Adams. McLean, uh, you know, being a goal-scoring threat, he, sh- he showed that over in Norway. We all know what McTominay can do for Scotland. He has been terrific for us. So it'll be Ferguson Gilmore trying to keep... Peter mentioned it earlier about how we keep the ball, how we retain possession, how we build some uh, passes and how we can keep the ball moving forward and trying to create chances in a in a really difficult venue. Well, you look at the balance, that's what he's tried to give it again. Billy Gilmore doing the Callum McGregor role, you know, sort of thing. Kenny McLean doing a John McGinn role. So he's tried to put that balance in there with doing that and I think that's clever to do that and he's more, obviously I didn't play McTomey but you forget he never played as many times uh, with Manchester United. Uh, the goalkeeper I wasn't sure of what he was going to do there. Big night for Liam Kelly. Uh, of course, great. Fantastic, yeah. but you know, fantastic. You know, and if he goes in and does well all of a sudden that, that's what you know then you've got a goalkeeper because Craig Gordon's on the way back as well. Yeah. That'll be interesting yeah. if he's going to be involved with Scotland. So these guys, uh, yet again, it's an opportunity um, so oh, I'm really looking forward to seeing them play and that freshness gives you that as well and I'm delighted for Scott McTominay he's got the captain's armband because the one thing when Alec phoned him he had a great enthusiasm to come and join Scotland right away and mm-hmm. great credit to him for that and he's getting his rewards from that with his performances but also getting the captain of your country no matter if it's a friend or not what a fantastic Amazing. achievement yeah. and Mbappe does play yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Andy, you've got the team. Well, he's a yeah. captain. You've got uh, great players like Pavar, Kamavinga, we mentioned earlier, Griezmann, uh, Chalmeni's playing, Giroud, Mbappe, Dembele, Kanati, <sighs> Hernandez. This is, a, this is a strong side from Didier Deschamps. Mm. That's, a, that's a strong France side. I wanted to say Didier Deschamps. It's a great one to say. <laughs> um, what a career he had as well. That is Absolutely. really strong, isn't it? Look at those, listen to those names, you know, Mbappe, Giroud, you've just mentioned them, Dembele, Kanati. If you look at the bench, Paul. I don't have actually. But I'm saying, yeah, if you okay, look at yeah. no, that's what uh-huh. I mean. Sure. So it tells you the quality they have. Of course. You know, yeah. sort of thing. But obviously it's a game he's thinking we're putting another strong side out. If we're going to change it, we'll change it at half time or later on. But um he's going out there, you know, he's frightened of Scotland, let's be sure. Yeah. <laughs> Long may that continue. I, I hope yeah. we see someone like Max Johnson. I know he's on yeah. the bench mm-hmm. for, for us tonight, but I hope he can maybe get, I don't know, 10, 15, 20 minutes. He's he's gone over to Austria. Yet another Scottish player who's gone abroad. Um, who's he playing with? Sturm Graz, I think it is, in yep. Austria. And um, great experience. Hope he's doing well over there. I don't, I'm not, I'm not saying I know everything that he's done this season, but uh, a really good move. And the fact that he's in the Scotland squad now, I really hope he can get a bit of game time tonight. What was it like for you? The first, I've asked you before, but not for a while. The first time you pulled on the dark blue of Scotland. Well, you never forget it. That's the main mm-hmm. thing. And it was at Hamden. I'd been called in late to the squad and uh, we played uh, Colombia. I don't know if you remember Carlos Valderrama. Of course, with a, it, yeah. With a bit yeah, I've just looked at the hair. Granny yeah. used to have hair like that. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> never had his talent, unfortunately. <laughs> um, 
and they were they were quality. It finished nil nil, and um, and then we went down to to Wembley mm. at the weekend, and we could beat one nil. Peter Beardsley scored, oh, and yeah. actually, Tommy Burns, mm. who was a, a good friend of ours, he was also called into the squad late on, and Tommy got some game time, mm. and Tommy said, uh, "Listen, I would have walked to to Wembley to get that uh, jersey on and wow. get a game time for Scotland." And I think Tam only got about uh, 10, 10 I caps. still laugh about the story yeah. he talked about when he was in a standby for the World oh, Cup I squad. It. Yeah. He got, he got the suit on. It was, it was Joe Steen that pinned him as well, uh, wasn't uh, it? And he still got the suit, he oh, says, dear. and they asked for his suit back. <laughs> I don't believe <laughs> oh, oh, man, he kept telling that story all the time. I used to kill myself. I said, and I used to say when he was ever dropped to you on standby and all that, you said, <laughs> <laughs> you're selling suit. Uh, <laughs> Peter, oh, well. for you, playing for Scotland? And yeah, Brilliant. Well, I was fortunate, Paul, as I say, it was against England. Yeah. Um, mm. You had the likes of Shelton and all that playing. Mm. So I think Gaza maybe made his debut that day as well, you know. Yeah. And Steve Bull, who was the hot property down in England, even though he was in the second tier mm. at the Championship oh, yeah, at that time, scoring goals for fun. But you had Chris yeah. Waddle and all that mm. playing, Brian Robson, wow. Peter yeah. Shelton. So it was fantastic. A brilliant occasion. We lost 2 0 in a particular game. But as you say, memories last week forever because. You've always got to remember you've got to be doing well with your club to get selected in the mm. first place. But to get, play with your national team and represent your country, wow, uh, is something special. And it doesn't matter whether it's friendlies, championship games, you'll never forget it. But young people, boys and girls listening in, if those two can make it to the very top, <laughs> work hard, train hard and enjoy it. It's not about ability. Because <laughs> it's over in a flash, you? isn't it? Over in a flash. Our ability and our hard work and the pragmatism of Steve Clark and his backroom team have taken us to the Euros next summer. And uh, he says, look, qualifying early, we want this more often. Well, that's the position we want to be. We want to, I said when I took the job, we want to, or I said when we qualified for the last the last tournament, that we want to be at major tournaments more often. We Unfortunately, we missed out in the World Cup by losing in the playoffs, which was which was sore. But I think in this campaign, we've shown that we, we've learned some lessons from that. Don't, well, don't leave it to chance. Don't leave it to a one-off game. Try and get yourselves out of the group, and we've managed to do that. And we still want to do well in the group games. Peter, you were going well, to... Well, I think yeah. the Nations League's allowed that, Paul. Yeah. Because when I was there with Alex, we got through at the semi-final, then obviously we yeah. lost the job and whatever. Yeah. But that allowed us to get there. Mm-hmm. You weren't playing the top quality opposition all the time. It was giving you a chance to survive and get an opportunity to get to the Euros. And I think the way that happened, that then builds that little bit of confidence because if it had kept going the way it was going, we'd have never gotten... If you're drawing a Holland and Italy... Mm-hmm. And England and that yeah. all the time. It's very, very difficult. Do you, you think, know? do you think Stevie's head might be turned if uh, an English club came in for him? I asked that question the... last night. Good question. Yeah. What do you think? I, I look at him and I think to myself, I think Stevie's one of these guys that's quite content being an international manager. Mm-hmm. You know, I think the day-to-day involvement mm-hmm. maybe is not the thing for him, even though the national team, you're never yeah. switched off. What do you think, Andy? I think he would want to know if there was any involvement, if there, if there was any interest rather. I think he would want to know. Everyone would, would want yeah. to know you weigh up your options. But to manage Scotland at a tournament, and you heard what he said earlier about you know, a realistic goal, yeah. trying to get out of whatever group we're in, trying to be the first team to get out of a, a group, that would, that would put you I down I think the only way that yep. changes now, Paul, is the manager's lifetime is a killer. Because if you're not being successful, I, I, yeah. I, if you're not being successful, I mean, yeah. so yeah. the lifetime is For that sure. as yeah. a killer. Sure. 
because if you get short yeah. time because all of a sudden Stevie does brilliant gets qualification and then all of a sudden you're finished we'll have to pay you overtime if we continue the news is coming next Peter Andy thanks so much thanks Paul Barry's here tomorrow night at five along with John Hartson cheers Paul have a great night the Go Radio Football Show with Global Eco Energy for great customer service and a free home survey call 0800 Global Eco Energy sell and install renewable energy products to domestic, commercial and public sector customers. With access to a wide range of renewable energy products, including solar PV, battery storage, air source heat pumps and eco garden makeovers, we offer a bespoke service tailored to your exact needs. For a free quote and to find out more about grants and funding options, go to global-eco.co.uk.